everybody. Welcome back to the Nothing Owed Podcast. As always, we're here with another awesome guest. I know you guys are going to dig this one. We have Lester Lumbad from the Southern Nevada Veterans Chamber of Commerce. We had an awesome conversation with uh, Lester. He's an awesome guy. He's really done a lot for himself and really for veterans, and he's continuing that service. Uh, he served in the Air Force. He's an awesome guy. Uh, he's really doing amazing things, and we know he's only going to get bigger. So I know you guys are going to dig this one. But before we get into the episode, I want to talk about our sponsors. And once again, for season three, ModusNation.com was gracious enough to sponsor the show. So please check out ModusNation.com for all your apparel needs. They make some awesome stuff, and they also offer a special promo code, Nothing Owed. You get a special discount on their website. So please check them out. Uh, ben and Lindsay do awesome stuff. I know I say it every time, but it's worth repeating. They're always giving back to the community, always giving back to different charities, to veteran groups. Um, so they're, they really deserve your support. You know, you can always use a new shirt, excuse me, you can always use a new shirt or a new hat. So please uh, give them your support. And also want to talk about uh, Winfield Watch. They're another uh, partner of ours. Uh, Mark has released some new watches. He actually has some new automatic models. So if you're a watch guy, please check them out. Uh, they're field watches, which are really legible, really awesome, kind of a military vibe. So I know you guys are going to dig those. So please uh, check out Winfield Watch. And also, uh, like to mention Cranky Veteran Candles. Uh, they're doing an amazing, amazing job over there. You think making a candle would be simple, but Cranky Veteran is is taking it to the next level. They're actually producing candles that are actually safe to burn in your house. Uh, they don't they're not full of all the other chemicals that you find in another uh, candle you'd buy at the store. So Cranky Veteran is doing an amazing job. They have an awesome product, and you're supporting another veteran-owned company. So please, uh, please check them out. And always check out our website, you know, nothingo.com. We have a lot of a lot of great people, a lot of great companies that we work with and partner with. Um, I can't mention them all up front, but please check out the website, nothingo.com, where you can find all of our former guests, all of our show notes, and also you can find some links to some other products that we are partnered with. Um, one of the new ones that we have is Recycled Firefighter. We have a, a link on our website uh, if you go under the show notes section. RecyclefireFighter.com. Uh, use our link, and we get credit for uh, for the referral. So it's one way to uh, help uh, help support the show and keep us going. And also, too, um, you know, we have some Patreon links, and we also have a Buy Me a Coffee links in our show notes and on the website. So we don't uh, don't put too many ads in the show, but uh, if you feel generous and you want to help us uh, keep the show going, we definitely appreciate all your support. So thanks again, and I will stop talking, and we will get into the show. All right. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Nothing Owed Podcast. As always, you're back with Ben and Brian, and we have another awesome guest for you. Uh, we have Lester Lumbad with us. Uh, his name is Lumbad, not Lombard, uh, which I made that mistake. So Lumbad, I'm correcting myself, so I say it right. Uh, in any case, awesome dude. Lester's an Air Force veteran. He has also uh, started an organization to help veterans uh, transition from the military into uh, civilian life, among other things. So we're definitely going to talk about that. So he's really kind of a double whammy guest in that not only is he served in the Air Force, he's also taken that step to improve his own life, but he's also taken steps to help everyone else to help veterans out. So he's helping, he's improving his own life and the people around him. So he's a really awesome guy. We're glad to have him. I know we're going to have a, a good conversation. So before we get into that, I always got to 
say hi to Ben, see what's going on, see what's new. So Ben, hi Ben, what's new? What's going on? I turn uh I turn 46 tomorrow. Um so I'm oh. I'm damn near 50. Well, happy um, birthday. Yeah, I'm getting old. Um I have been old for a minute, but I'm getting older. Um but uh it's it's been good. Good good week. Um this so Lester, I met Lester a couple of weeks ago. Um his organization is doing great things here in Nevada. Uh, I was introduced to him by uh, a guest and a friend of the show, Bruno Moya, Bruno Moya from uh, MVP that we've had on. Um, Bruno and I, you know, we've become friends and have a um, developed quite the relationship. And he asked me to come out to the to a mixer for the Southern Nevada uh, Veterans Chamber of Commerce, and I was I, I'd never heard of it. It's fairly new. Um, you know, ever we got a million different chambers, right? But of course, I'm going to go to the veteran one. Um, and I got to meet Lester and the things that him and uh, uh, one of his counterparts, Dr. John, are doing are it, it, it epitomizes what we're trying to talk about every week. Um, just entrepreneurship and helping others um, in particular for these guys. It's obviously veterans, but it, it's uh, their whole focus, their whole mission, their whole goal is is to help. Um, veterans become business owners. I mean, it's right in their mission statement. When you sign up, you know, it's, you're directly donating, you know, money to uh, become a member of the chamber, but also it goes right to a veteran and helping a veteran transition into some sort of business uh, role uh, here in Nevada. So it's, this is, this is a good one. And, and on top of that, Lester's a good dude. So, you know, he's an air force vet, but (laughs) that's better than the coast guard, I guess. (laughs) Well, I mean, the air force gets all the cool, all the cool, cool toys. So, you know, I know we all make fun of the air force, but I feel like the air force had the cush always had the cush stuff, right? Like, yeah, the bench, oh, bench. The stereotypes yeah. are true for sure. Yeah, so. I'm sitting in a, I'm sitting in a foxhole getting rained on, filling sandbags, and those guys are in, you know, cushy chairs and, you know, air conditioned, you know, mill vans. So, <laughs> who's dumb and who's smart, right? <laughs> well, you know, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. I really appreciate it for sure. Oh, it's it's a pleasure having you. And like Ben said, I, I think um, what you guys are doing is a is a real it's a great asset to the people that we speak to um, on our podcast because it's, it really gives them that, that spark. It gives them that first step that we always harp on. It's, you know, how do you go from, from that zero to one? And I think that's what you guys are doing, which is is really awesome. So that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you. So, you know, I, I I also think that for the non-veteran listeners, I think a lot of what Lester has to say and what they do translates you know, while Lester is going to talk specifically about resources and ideas for veterans who are transitioning, the same resources are available out there for non-veterans as well. So a mm-hmm. lot of this will translate, you know, clearly for a veteran, but I think also anybody that's out there coming out of college or, you know, coming out of high school and wants to be an entrepreneur, um, you know, or be in the business world, a lot of this is going to translate. So yeah, that's definitely good. good. So on that note, Lester, I'm going to turn it over to you. So if you don't mind, if you could um, kind of give us a, a quick background, uh, you know, where you're born, where you got started, um, you know, why you decided to uh, enlist in the Air Force. I'd like to hear a little bit about your Air Force time and then, uh, you know, talk about okay. uh, your your current career. Love to hear it. So it's all yours. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so again, thanks, you know, first and foremost, thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, so I'm an Air Force veteran. Uh, my wife is also an Air Force veteran. 
Uh, I entered service back in 1998, um, mainly because, you know, I grew up in a military family. My dad is retired Navy, retired as a master chief after 24 years of service. And um, when, when he retired and really when he came into the service, he joined the military. This is something I've reflected on a lot, at, you know, during and after my military service. But when my dad, he joined the service from the Philippines, Subic Bay in, in the northern part of the Philippines. And that's how we came yeah. to this country was by joining the military and all, all the opportunities that, that came along with that. So he, and, was, um, he was a Philippine citizen and then enlisted in the Navy in the Philippines. Is that right? Yeah, okay. correct. Yeah. Uh, very, yeah. That's very and, cool. Yeah. And he was actually just uh, kind of retelling the story to me when I saw him recently for the holidays. And, you know, in, in a lot in a lot more detail than what he's told me in the past. But, you know, like that whole process was something that that, um, you know, Filipinos had to qualify for. You had to and you had to invest a lot financially to be able to even get to, you know, the moving process, you know, like the logistics of, right. of getting to the area where Subic Bay was located. A lot of people had to sacrifice a lot of things just to take advantage of that opportunity. So but anyway, that's how. So, he, so Lester, he. He enlisted in the the U.S. Navy. In the U.S. Navy, yeah. Okay, he, he so you so U.S. Navy, and then that. How long did it take him? I'm just curious. Um, how long did it take him to through his service and whatever process he had to go through? How long did it take him to get his citizenship? Uh, you know that that um, I don't know. You know, as far as um, if it was an automatic thing or if it took a certain amount of time. You know, when when he he came into service i'm not exactly sure but um i've heard i just asked because you know with today's world and immigration problems and things that we have um i i would think that anybody listening regardless if you're left or right agrees that some of the immigration stuff is is a mess right but yeah, i've, I've yeah. had some friends that have told me um similar stories in fact a guy that i know that's filipino uh his grandfather came over and went in the military and it took him like 18 years, even after he served in the military to get his full citizenship. Oh, wow. And to me, wow. that seems like a problem. That's <laughs> a, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. if you're serving, you're serving that doesn't country, sound he had to go through like, I guess, cause I don't think he did a full career. I think he did like two or three years and then stayed oh. in America and then had to go through some other processes to get, to get his citizenship. Cause I mean, from what I hear normally, I mean, the enlisting in the Philippines is a little bit different, but you know, you have to, normally you have to have some type of legal status. So you normally have to have like a green card to enlist in the first place. Um, and then from what I understand, it's fairly automatic. You have to, you know, complete your service and then you just have to fill out the form. And then it, it usually only takes a couple of years. So I'm surprised that you're in the 18 years. I, I think there's more to that. Yeah, maybe my, my homie's uh uh he's kind of a hood rat, so maybe his dad had some uh, dishonorable discharge <laughs> yeah. stuff. But uh, yeah. anyway, so so your dad enlists. Sorry, I I went no, down no. a rabbit hole, but uh, all good. Yeah, so your dad enlists, comes across, he's in the navy. Yeah, yeah. So he uh you know he joined the navy, and I don't know if he had any plans on making it a full career at the beginning, you know. But he that's what he did. You know, he ended up spending twenty four years in the navy. And, um, you know, to me, that was always, even before I joined the military, I kind of had an idea what the, the pay grade of E9 meant just because of what other adults would tell me. And that was a big deal. And then when I joined the military, um, a year after he retired and I found out that 
it was something to, to be really proud of, you know, so then that, that's always been something very inspirational to me. But, you know, as, as I, as I, you know, went through my years in service, um, I was an electronic worker, guy, aircraft maintenance. Um, my first duty station was out in Texas. Like we were just talking about uh, before recording started over at Dias Air Force Base. Um, I spent about five years there at Dias and then, Moved out to the National Air and Space Intelligence Center over at Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. Oh, Spent a couple cool. years there. And, oh, that's um, cool, that was, man. My, my, I, uh, when I was a little kid, I lived in in uh, in uh, oh, what was the name of that little town there? My dad was at Wright Pat. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I lived in um, started with a B. Uh, Beaver Creek. Beaver Creek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I went to like uh, I went to like kindergarten, first and second grade in, in Beaver Creek. Oh, that's cool, man. I still have some, I still have a few friends that live out there in Beaver Creek specifically, but I live right next to um, the university out there, right right state university over in Fairborn. Oh yeah. Okay. uh, Yeah. Great area. Great area. My dad went to, uh, he went to um, like a master's degree in logistics somewhere there. Okay. That's that's why he was at, he was a 141 pilot and, uh, and he, they phased out his plane. And he hadn't met his, like, uh, they asked him to, I guess, I don't know what you call it in the Air Force, but MOS change. Um, the FSD. Yeah. yeah, and, and he, yeah. they sent him on to, like, it was like getting a master's degree there at a school there. And it, I can't remember the name of the school at this point, but he. Maybe Affid. Affid. Yeah, it was Affid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, oh, he went cool. there. Yeah, that's that's why he was there for that. And he went into, like, logistics and, and computer stuff after that. But, um, nice. Yeah. That's cool Stomp, stuff, some stomping ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ohio is, you know, great area, you know, great place to raise a family for sure. Um, you know, four seasons, all of that. But um, yeah, you know, like that's uh that's kind of how my whole military journey went, you know. Um and then the way that it worked out was, and I don't think I've mentioned this to you, Ben, but um as I was leaving service in 2005, my wife who had just, uh, she had graduated undergrad at UC Davis a couple of years before that, but she started looking for medical schools to apply to. And the, the school that turned out to be the best opportunity was the school called UCIS out in Bethesda, Maryland. UCIS stands for the Uniformed Services University of Health Sciences. So she applied to that school, got accepted, took the opportunity, and then ended up getting commissioned into the Air Force. So oh, I went wow. from <laughs> being active duty to military spouse immediately after <laughs> I left service. I, I moved out to DC. And one of the great things about that, that whole uh, career opportunity at Wright Pat was it, it granted me a TSSEI clearance um, while I was there. So then when I separated, it opened up a bunch of opportunities out Washington DC because, you know, a TS clearance with, you know, SEI and a tech background, it's, it was pretty easy for me to transition, you know, job wise. So, um, so that worked out really well. And, Worked for Raytheon for about seven years while we were living there. And um, and then it just kind of, you know, became a family journey for us, you know, (coughs) because the, um, the, the way that UCIS works as a, uh, as a medical school is, you know, like the number of years that you spend at school, plus the number of years that the student spends in residency, which was three years for my wife ends up, you know, that total number of years, seven years is when you end up owing back. So there's no financial commitment, but you end up owing back years of service instead. So those seven years were the first three after residence was completed at Fort Belvoir, Northern Virginia. 
we moved to Tokyo, Japan over at Yokota Air Base, spent three years there. Wow. From there we moved to Lake and Heath out in the UK. <laughs> no way. And then, yeah. So I live there you know, too. I went to Lake and Heath High School. Oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> my dad was at my dad was at Milton Hall, but we lived on Lake and Heath, and I went to Lake and Heath High School. I went to Feltwell uh, Middle School, oh, okay. and then Lake and Heath High School. Oh wow, that's crazy! Small yeah. world, man. Yeah, yeah, I played football for Lake and Heath High School. Nice. Yeah, man. And then, um, you know, after after Lake and Heath, the last year of that seven years was that's what brought us here to Vegas. Was you know because that last year was in Ellis. So we came out here and we, you know, we love it here. We love this community. Super easy to live here. Quality of life is high. So we decided to stay and uh, that's awesome. you know, make our life here. So yeah, that's how, that's how we're here. It's small world, man. That is yeah. fun. Can I ask you, you know, what's funny about that too? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I was just going to say, you know, when you're talking about Lake and Heath, I actually just had lunch earlier today with um, the same guy who happened to be the wing commander for Lake and Heath when we were there. And he just oh, happens wow. to live here in Las Vegas now. So, <laughs> yeah, so it was just, uh, yeah, small world for sure. So. We, uh, when I was there is when we bombed Libya. And uh, mm. so they, I don't know, the F-111s, I don't even know if they're still in service, but the yeah. F-111s were there. Um, that was the major, the wing command there was the F-111s. And uh, yeah. we would sit in the, in the high schools kind of at the end of the runway there. And uh, we would count the planes leaving, and then we'd count the planes coming back. Uh, and they lost a couple planes, um, yeah. and you know, and some of the you know some of the kids' dads were F one eleven pilots. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah. It, yeah, I was there a little bit longer ago than you were, but uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> mid, early nineties. I think we got there in eighty nine, uh, and then we were there during Desert Storm too. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So when Desert Storm kicked off. We left right at somewhere around. I mean, I think somewhere we left in like 92, something like that. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We were there for that. We lived right off of, um, so we lived in Brandon, uh, the okay. little town of yeah. Brandon. We had a little yeah. house there while we were waiting for base housing. So we lived there for about a year in a British community. And then, okay. um, and then when, when my dad was able to get base housing, Right, right across from the main gate, there's that major housing area. I don't know. Yeah, on on the Lake and East side or the yeah North side on the Lake and East side. Oh, okay. like right yeah. across the main gate, and then there's like if you come out of the main gate where the old theater is, and you turn right, you go down to a big roundabout. We were right off of that roundabout in that housing area, oh, right wow. there. Crazy yeah. man, small world. Small <laughs> world. I'm sure it's changed a little bit in 20 plus years, but the yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a good assignment. We we liked it there, you know. Um, I loved it there. Yeah, great time, and especially because we were we were moving there from Japan. You know, they drive on the same side of the road as they do in Japan. But once we got there, it made it pretty easy for me because all the roadside the road signs were in English when we got there. Oh, right. <laughs> in Japan, they weren't. So, so for some people, it was hard because they're driving on the other side of the road. For me, it was it was seamless transition. So. Yeah, it was a good time. I, I've been back uh, a few times um, to England. I love England. I took my wife a couple years ago. We went to London. I I nice. love it. Yeah, I, I love I think I like it because it's um, I'm a history nerd. So yeah, it's so too. it's so old, you know, like right, people ask right. me, why do you like London so much? I say it's like New York City, but it's 2000 years old. You know, it's like <laughs> it's uh, it's a exactly. good time. You know, yeah. my parents, my parents were really good about. My mom took a British history course at some college 
And so, you know, on Thursday night, she heard about, you know, so-and-so got their head cut off in this castle down here and she would load us all up. We had like a Ford econ line van, you know, the biggest yank tank van you could possibly imagine. And she'd load us all the kids up. I had two brothers and two sisters and they'd load us all up in the van and uh, we'd go to whatever castle and she'd go, okay, so this is where, you know, so-and-so got his head chopped off and they kept so-and-so here imprisoned. I, I think I saw, I mean, we, we went all over. They were very good about making sure that we were immersed in the culture. You know, I, you know, I was 15 years old and, and not wanting to go see Broadway plays, but I've seen every Broadway play in London, you know, and now, now it's culture, you know, it, yeah. it, hel- it helps me later on in, in business and being able to relate to people. I've been all over the world, but uh, I loved England, man. The people there were great. The, just being there was good. I, I enjoyed it. So, yeah, man. Yeah, us too. Yeah, just a great time. Travel opportunities around Europe were, were great, you know, and good times. And then, but yeah, you know, like once we got here, uh, it was, it's always it's funny, you know, like the way that everything happened because both me and my wife are from California, from Northern California, and we had talked about nothing but moving back to California for years. For, probably a good 12 to 15 years. That's all we told people we're moving back to California for a chance to get, and then we get here to Las Vegas and maybe three or four weeks pass by and we changed our mind because we were like, man, I don't think we can leave this, you know, for, for, uh, for anywhere else really. But, you know, just because the quality of life here is it's just so high, it's very easy to live here. Everything's so convenient. So we well, got sold made, pretty quick. You made the right decision. I can tell you, I'm still, <laughs> Behind any lines in California, so you definitely made out on that decision. Yeah, yeah, it was probably the best decision that we've that we've made, you know, as far as living situations. So we're very happy with that. And um, but yeah, you know, when once we we got here, <coughs> um, you know, I had some, uh, you know, everything was new to us. So you know, I was in the process of, of trying to, you know, kind of dabbling a little bit, you know, as far as entrepreneurship and different things I was trying to do. And one thing that I found that I was definitely lacking was a couple of things. Um, knowledge of resources in the area, what was available to me to make sure I was doing things properly. And then also a, uh, a professional network, which I didn't have because we were pretty new to the area. So, um, you know, that was always, you know, the, those those two things were things that I, I always, you know, was always kind of looking for a solution for. And then the uh, the idea or the, the concept of Veterans Chamber of Commerce came to uh, came to mind, and I started talking about it with some folks who were involved in, you know, or had developed veterans uh, chambers in other cities. And um, you know, they started giving me some feedback, and then I started to notice that it, that that was a real need here in this community because we didn't have. Uh, something that was operating properly that that could serve the uh, the veteran community. So that's kind of where we went, you know. To, to what, do that. what year was that when you started bouncing around the idea? Uh, really, just at the beginning of the pandemic. So, oh, okay, yeah. So not too long so, ago, a couple of years. Not too long ago, yeah. I went I went through a couple of years of of uh, you know, like I said, kind of dabbling and trying some new things in, in business, trying to understand how to do things properly. And I ran into a bunch of challenges. So I kind of took that experience and saying, okay, like these are all the things that I dealt with, you know, in trying to to understand how to go, how to go about this properly. Um, so, 
you know, in trying to sort of re- reverse engineer that process and like what, where are the solutions that I would have needed to know about, you know, in order to try to, you know, move around those, uh, those obstacles or those challenges. That's kind of what the thought process was. And um, Chamber of Commerce just happened to be, you know, one, it was a, it was a pretty obvious need here in, the, in this community. And two, um, it seemed like a great way to support a larger community mission um, that we could serve that's specific to the veteran community. So um, to c- kind of make it a brief explanation, the way that we're doing things with with our chamber is, you know, we're functioning as a traditional chamber. We offer a lot of the services that chambers in different communities offer, you know, member services and networking events and, you know, um, way different strategies on how to um, grow visibility, (coughs) to grow visibility of, of, of a brand. But we want to be able to support that by basically identifying and then contracting with veteran entrepreneurs and then veteran businesses in the digital marketing space specifically. So, you know, folks who are, who are veterans, but also experts in say email marketing or social media engagement or, um, you know, anything related to digital marketing, right? Like, uh, you know, we want to take those services and then provide those services to our members. So our members actually don't need to be veteran owned businesses as long as if, they, if they're a non-veteran owned business, as long as they can identify um, very clearly that they're a veteran supporter and they support the right, veteran right. community, then we want to be able to service them too, because, you know, we can, we can then take those uh, digital marketing services that we take from these, uh, these veteran entrepreneurs that we partner with and provide them to as many businesses as possible in this community, which, you know, that grows our, our resources, which we can then take, you know, from the proceeds we can generate as a chamber and take those proceeds and plug them into our actual community mission. Um, so what our mission is and, you know, the details of that has to do with uh, serving the veteran community in four specific areas that we've identified. So those four areas are employment, employment advocacy resources, educational resources, entrepreneurship resources, and then veteran advocacy resources. Hmm. So within those four areas, um, what we what we definitely try to focus on is not trying to recreate anything in those four areas because there's already a bunch of great resources that exist in this community and a lot of other communities within those four areas. You know, you have great groups like, you know, like Bruno over at, uh, at MVP, great people who are working in these great organizations and they fit into that veteran advocacy space or Bunker Labs that fits into the entrepreneurship space and how they're supporting veteran entrepreneurs um, you know, groups like Vets to Industry or ACP that function in the employment space and executive mentoring, you know, all of these, these great groups that, that fit into one of those four areas, they, they're, the way that they function and their mission does not need to be reinvented. It just needs to be promoted, right? And I feel like with, with us as an organization, we're trying to, trying to uh, kind of, promote ourselves or, or position ourselves in a way where we can become that singular platform where all of the different veteran organizations, whether veteran nonprofits or state programs, uh, state sponsored programs, they can be on that one platform and make all those resources easier to find for the veterans in the community who are looking for them. So that's kind of the strategy of, of how we're doing things and what our oh. mission is, is about. 
chamber of mission, the chamber, I'm sorry, the chamber of commerce, that part of it helps us to financially support that mission by making sure that we're adding value to our members and, and, you know, creating revenue that way. So. That's very cool. So I kind of like to, to break that down a little bit. So if let's say, how soon would you, how soon should a veteran, maybe that's transitioning out of the service, how soon should they get in contact with you? And then what would, what would the typical, or maybe there isn't a typical one, but what would the, what would be an example of a veteran getting out of the military coming to you guys saying, you know, what, what would they get from you guys and, and what kind of direction would you point them in? So if it was a person who's still active duty and they're, they're looking to uh, pursue entrepreneurship, you know, as they, as they transition in, into the civilian sector, um, you know, we would point them to a lot of the same resources, you know, like some of the resources that Ben kind of alluded to earlier that are available to the entire community. So, you know, that might be the SBA, the SBDC resources in the community, small business development centers, um, you know, different mentoring networks like the SCORE Mentoring Network. All of these, these resources are available to the general community, but a lot of people don't know about those resources until the, they have to be very diligent a lot of times to find those resources. So, you know, and then veteran specific resources for, for entrepreneurship might be groups like Bunker Labs or uh, Warrior Rising, which, yeah. you know, they have cohort programs that provide entrepreneurship training and, you know, um, and, and they're all great programs. It's just a matter of increasing the visibility of those programs. So then that way it's just much easier to find. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting because I've noticed that and I've had similar issues that there are so many programs out there for veterans, mm-hmm. that it's almost overwhelming. And right. there's so many of those programs that they do amazing work and it's kind of, you really get overwhelmed for choice. And it, yeah. from what you're saying, it sounds like you're the place to go. Like if anyone that, you know, someone should go to you first and you'll guide them in the right direction and put them in touch with those, those resources. That's awesome. I mean, that's, that's huge. I think that's, especially for what we talk about. I think that's perfect. I think a lot of people just need that. Just tell me which direction to go and I'll take it from there. And that seems like what you're providing. That's, that's awesome. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely the direction we're trying to go. I mean, (coughs) sorry, that this little cough that I'm dealing with, but um, uh, the the analogy that I like to use is, you know, it's it's sort of like a, a strip mall effect. Right. When you when you look at different shopping centers in the community, and they have certain anchors like a Starbucks or, a, you know, you put a target in a, in a parking lot or, a, you know, whatever, a Costco. And because those businesses are located in that strip mall, the smaller businesses that exist in that strip mall will benefit from it because of the foot traffic that gets you know driven from those those anchors. So I think that same concept can be applied in the veteran community where you have these large brands like the wounded warrior project or the USO or MVP, which is a relatively large brand or bunker labs. And you put them all on the same platform. And then you have smaller brands that are doing amazing things, but they just need more community recognition. So those resources can actually be used and you put everything on the same platform. And now every, that whole, that interconnectivity, that all of those resources provide for one another increases visibility for everybody. So with, with us being the chamber of commerce that is trying to be, be that platform, I kind of envision us as being like the, the parking lot 
that all of those anchors are located on, you know, and we're just trying to create that space where, where they can exist and, and drive traffic to one another. So that's the, that would be the best way that I could kind of, you know, explain it through an analogy. analogy so. yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. I, I think it's a, it's an awesome idea. I, I love it. Um, Thank you, man. What would you, what would you say for someone, let's say kind of that same veteran or not necessarily a veteran, but we'll focus on that. You know, someone that they know, they know they want to do something different, but they don't know what they'd be good at or what they would, you know, they're, again, you're overwhelmed for choice. There's so many careers, there's so many jobs out there, you know, someone that comes to you and says, I really don't know what I want to do. You know, what would you recommend to someone that really is just unsure where to even start or what direction to even look into? Yeah. So, you know, entrepreneurship or not, you know, like there's, there's, like you said, there's so many resources out there that, um, that we're trying to highlight. One of them, the first one that comes to mind, um, which is not entrepreneurship related necessarily at least, but it's a group called ACP. Mm -hmm. The, what they're focused on is executive mentoring in, in military transition. So the way that they approach that is they create a one year window for a transitioning military member to receive executive mentoring once a month and that lasts for 12 months the the mentoring program is free and they uh they basically have somebody on in the civilian sector that may or may not be a veteran but they but that person walks them through the uh, the transition process in terms of identifying the right career path after the military because sometimes whatever a person was doing in the military may not be what they pursue, you know, post-military. Right. So, but that, that mentor then walks them through that process and makes sure that the career path fit, right? Because one huge problem that exists in general, you know, like, but then definitely for veterans who are transitioning from a long time commitment in, uh, in military service, there's, you know, military members are so used to being in, in the role that they've been and wearing a uniform for the years that they've worn the uniform. And when they come out, little things that actually count, like, you know, like, what does my business attire need to look like when I'm interviewing for a job? Or, you know, like, how is this, how is this career path really going to fit me, you know, fulfillment wise to where I'm not leaving this job in four months or seven months, right? Mm -hmm. Which, you know, so the, those types of things, ACP would just be one example of different resources that exist where, you know, people can find and identify the right fit for them. You know, and that's a, that's uh, American corporate partners, correct? Yep. Yep. Okay. American corporate partners. Yeah. Really good Lester, group. Um, on that same note, is there, is there uh resources out there for the mental aspect? Um, I know when I transitioned, um, you know, I went straight from Fort hood to on a Thursday and I started selling insurance on a Monday in Las Vegas. And uh, you know, I think I've told this story on a podcast before, but, um, you know, there, I had a guy in my office that didn't do his <laughs> job correctly. Uh, and you know, I just, I, you know, I was like, Hey man, I'm going to rip your head off and, you know, <laughs> poke your eyes out kind of thing. Um, and yeah. you know, I had a lady in the office kind of come to me and go, Hey man, you're not in the army anymore. And I, what are you talking about? He needs to do his job. He's not, I mean, I mean, there's a, such a mental, you know, and we're coming out of a 20 year war. Um, obviously PTSD is a huge issue. Um, yeah. and depression and other things. Is, is there a resource out there for veterans to, um, not only deal with the, 
matching the career with the, you know, matching the veteran with the career that fits their personality and, and wants and needs and interests, but also, you know, more importantly to help people understand that you're, like you said, you're not in the uniform anymore. Um, you're dealing with civilians, you're dealing with a different mentality. Cause I mean, let's be honest, generally a veteran thinks differently, you know, that generally, yeah, sure. you know, you get a mission, a task, you're trying to accomplish that task. And that doesn't always translate into the civilian world. Are, are there resources mentally for that, that prepares at the same company? Um, I mean, that, that's kind of a hard question to answer just because I would say, you know, it varies from depending on where you're located, you know, which area you're talking about, but here in Vegas specifically, <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, here in Vegas specifically, uh, I have run across a, a, a few different programs, both in the work environment and then also even in the academic environment. You know, like there's some VA-sponsored programs. The program that I heard about called um, Vital, which is is sponsored by the VA, that puts mental health professionals on campus. Like, say, if you go to school at one of the local universities. Um, they'll put mental health uh, professionals on the campus for the veteran students to be able to access because the environment is different, right? Like when, when you're, you know, it's different for a person with military experience, at least, you know, like when you're, you know, you're dealing with potential issues, whether it's PTSD or if it's just, you know, the, the, the learning habits that are different for, for people coming out of the military, maybe. You know, some right, of those things right. might be hard to cope with, and it's it's a great resource to be able to have someone that you can just kind of, you know, just talk to or discuss those problems with on campus to help you get through that experience. So I, I know, you know, from that academic standpoint, there's some resources for that here locally. Um, professionally, like, I don't know. I don't know. To be honest, like, I don't think I've heard of anything in, in the job environment. I'm sure there is, depending on the employer. <laughs> but um, one thing that there's definitely no shortage of is, you know, different variations of peer support programs in the community in general. Right, right. You know, and um, it's just a matter of finding out about those programs, you know, like Merging Vets and Players is kind of my go-to, you know, like, because it's such an amazing program. And um, the, their format is set up to where you, uh, you know, you're able to connect with people no matter what walk of life you're coming from and no matter where you're, you're at in your transition, whether you left service 10, 15, 20 years ago or you just left two years ago or two months ago, you know, everyone is there to support one another in a community setting. Nobody's a quote-unquote professional in mental health and no one's there to provide you clinical advice in any kind of way. It's just an ear to listen to, you know, or to talk about yeah. some of the things you're experiencing. And stuff definitely, like that, definitely know, the like, huddle. The huddle uh, portion of the workouts with with MVP is it's oh, mind blowing. It's yeah. mind blowing the conversations and how good it feels to just talk to somebody that can somewhat relate. Oddly, you know, like you said, there's it's different races, different colors, different backgrounds, different branches of service, but there's always that yeah. little relativity factor, right? That yeah, you know, and they provide such a great non judgmental non-clinical environment to to kind of chat i mean that's really yeah. what it is to yeah. you know 
Um, but you know, I, I really enjoy uh, my member. I know you're a member as well over at MVP. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As soon as Brian gets to Las Vegas, he's going to become a member of our chapter as well. But Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I've, been, I've been trying to get Brian to Vegas for two years now, but uh, they got their yeah, claws got in them down. There. Yeah, <laughs> California will probably tax him for moving. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. trying, man. I, I have. I have my feelers out trying to uh, change careers and. I'm trying to get out, man. I, this estate is going nuts. So that's all. That's a topic hey, for the show. But I'm, I'm trying. I don't want to take away from. Uh, I don't want to take away from the chamber in this conversation. But will you talk a little bit? I know um, in my experience over the last month or so with you guys, that Bunker Labs is a huge supporter um, yeah. of what what you're trying to do and what and what yeah. we're trying to do as a chamber. Can you talk a little bit about them? Because I am 100 completely zero knowledge about what bunker labs is. And I've met a couple of people from there, but, mm-hmm. but can you talk about, I mean, do you mind mentioning no, them? No, no, yeah, okay. yeah, no, I'm, I'm a huge fan of bunker labs and we have, you know, like we have their branding featured on our website along with a lot of other veteran organizations because they're doing awesome things. Um, and I was actually very blessed to come to contact with bunker labs the way that I did, because like, so right now I'm actually participating in their current cohort program. The first of the year for 2022 but um i I came into contact with one of at the time they had two uh local ambassadors for the las vegas area and uh one of them happened to walk by my office as i was setting it up to you know put this whole idea into place and he had heard about some of the things that i've been talking about with people also including from uh you know from his counterpart um, you know, a guy named Dave Berlin had told, um, you know, this buddy of mine, he's a good friend of mine now, his name's Mario Mitchell. And both Dave and Mario are both the, uh, the two original ambassadors uh, for Bunker Labs here in Las Vegas. Now they have a third one, a great lady named uh, Monica Fullerton. The three of them, they're a team that kind of walks people through these cohort programs who um, have, no matter where they're at in the, in the process of starting a business, they, they provide resources um you know and uh, resources in the form of you know just kind of basic mentorship you know like because all of them are entrepreneurs first and they they you know they provide ideas and concepts and insights on how to grow your network how to um you know how to how to access funding that might might be specific to certain demographics in terms of grant funding they have all these you know different resources and webinars that are that are specifically geared to those, those types of topics from an educational standpoint, but, um, but yeah, you know, like the, the relationship really developed between myself and, uh, you know, Mario specifically, like he, he's actually uh, positioned as the executive vice president for our chamber, you know, because he, um, because of his level of involvement and commitment, um, from a volunteer standpoint, he's just super passionate about helping other veterans in the community and both of us, just, you know, connected really well because of that, because he sees what I'm, you know, what I'm about. I see what he's about. You know, both of us have four kids, so we both understand the uh, the, the challenges of trying to work around, you know, family circumstances and still trying to pursue entrepreneurship and be successful at it. So, um, so yeah, that, that, that kind of turned into a great relationship with Bunker, you know, here with the local chapter, and they've supported us all the way through. And, and now it's, it's turned into a, a really... Uh, great resource in terms of knowledge, shared knowledge through their webinars and me being able to participate in their, their current cohort program, which, um, 
you know, I feel like I'm getting a lot out of, but it's also a great outlet for me to be able to contribute to because, you know, a lot of these mixer events that we, that we organized on a monthly basis, um, you know, the Bunker Labs cohort participants right now and the past, the past, uh, um, cohorts, they, they're also, you know, what we're doing, we're trying to make it available to them and everybody else. So, but yeah, great program though. I can't say enough good things about Bunker. Yeah, that's good. I know they, they're a big supporter of was the it, chamber. Was it Bunker Labs? Didn't they just have a, um, a meetup in Vegas just a few weeks ago? Was that them or was that another organization? Cause I think I saw like Tim Kennedy and some of those other guys out there. Or was that? Oh that, yeah, that was, um, so Bunker Labs was there. Um, I was there. So it's an event called the uh, Burbiz. That's right. Burbiz. Yeah. Tim Kennedy was there along with some other people. There's a lot okay. of high profile people there. Randy Couture was there. Um, yeah, that was a good time. So is that, um, Burbiz is a separate entity from Bunker Labs, correct? Or are they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a separate organization. Um, they have events that like really large events and they're really well known for the quality of their events. And, okay. Um, yeah, they have one here in Las Vegas and it's was, it was a great time, great networking, everything. So very cool. Yeah. I was jealous. So I saw that and I, I wanted to get out there for that, but I just could, I couldn't make it work, but those are, those are, those events are great. Just getting, getting around to meeting different people, saying hi. Um, I, I don't think people realize how valuable it is just to put yourself out there. You know, you're going to, oh, yeah. you're going to yeah. meet awesome people and opportunities are going to come your way that you didn't even think existed. So if you're out there and you're listening, put yourself out there, no matter what it is, say hi, talk to people. Uh, yeah. You never know where it's going to take you, you know, and like who you might meet and those relationships you can build. Yeah. Super important. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So what's, what's next in the pipeline for you guys? Cause I mean, I, like I said, everything you're doing is awesome. So do you plan to expand outside of Nevada? I mean, what, what do you, what's your big picture here? Um, yeah, eventually we, you know, we would like to pursue that. You know, we want to make sure that we have a solid model that, that we can use as a, as a pilot here in Las Vegas. Yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, aside from a lot of the things that I mentioned earlier about, you know, how much me and my family personally love Las Vegas from a, a business development standpoint, I feel like we're in the perfect place yeah. to expand something like this because, Las Vegas, it's it's so unique because it's a it's it's pretty much a global city built into a medium sized town. You know? right, right. <laughs> it's not a very big place at all. You can get from one end to the other in about forty minutes. And um, the the level of connecting and networking that I've been able to do because of that in a short period of time is I don't think I've been able, I would have been able to do that in other places. So to be able to use this as a as a pilot uh, region for what we're doing. And because a lot of the different veteran groups and, you know, nonprofits like Bunker Labs or MVP and, you know, other groups, they, <clears throat> they exist in other areas where we can apply this model to, you know, you know, wherever it can be applied to and serve those communities the same way that we're trying to do here, that that would be definitely something in the pipeline that we'd like to explore once the time comes. But, you know, we just want to make sure that for right now that, all of the, the we're paying attention to all the details out here and making sure that things are done right and that we can add value the way that, that we intend to. So, but that, that's definitely um, in our plans. That's very cool. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I think so many people would benefit from what you guys do. And, and I, as you said, it, it makes total sense to be in Vegas. Cause it seems like every, 
every veteran group and every veteran connected group at some point passes through Vegas for some reason. So it, yeah, it really does sound like the perfect place to be. Uh, and I mean, so not, oh, go, go ahead. I was going to say, you guys are doing your own podcast soon too, right? The Warriors Transition Podcast. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, that's something that we have upcoming, and you know we're working on it and starting to record the first episodes now. Um, pretty excited about that. You know, that's going to be another outlet that we can you know put put out into the community where you know we have you know veterans who have recently transitioned or who transitioned a long time ago. You know, whatever the case may be, where they can talk about what their story was and what their experiences were in transition, some of the problems that, or challenges that, that they may have faced. And some of the programs that they wish that they had known about, or maybe they didn't know about it at that time, that they could share it. Really just as a platform for people who are still active duty or families who are going to be transitioning soon. You know, they can listen to these stories and then say, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this is something that I should do when preparing for, you know, transition, looking for employment, or this, this is a group that I could reach out to, to uh, prepare better, you know, whatever the case might be, so... And it's just a great way for, you know, for people to be able to tell their story because content wise, you know, everybody's story coming out of the military is going to be different, you know? So. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Podcasting is definitely, it's the future. I think, I mean, I think we're seeing Mm -hmm. it right now, you know, not to get too topical, I guess, but, you know, I think podcasting really is the format that, that people are looking for because you can have, short form, you can have long form, you know, no matter what kind of information you're looking for, there's a podcast out there that'll, that'll suit your needs. You know, it, it's really an amazing format. It's, it's awesome. Well, you know, and everybody, nobody's getting their news from the news stations anymore. Cause it's all, you know, it's all tweaked and turned and sideways and bias. Yeah. And, you know, regardless of how you feel and what station you watch, you know, people are, are turning to podcasts and, and so sadly social media to get their news, you know, where it's, it's a, you know, more opinion based. So it's, you know, unfortunate. So now if, if someone is out there and they want to support you, which they absolutely should, um, I saw on your website, it looks like you guys accept donations and stuff. So if someone wanted to support you guys, what's the best way or what's one of, one of a couple ways someone could support you, and your, your mission. Yeah. So, you know, folks who are in the local area, if they have interest in, in supporting us as a member and allowing us to support them as an organization, you know, and any of the, the different resources or services that we can provide to them, you know, please consider becoming a member. You can, you know, check that out on our website, www.sbcc.org. Um, you know, and all the details of membership and what's included in that are, are listed out on the website. You know, we'd love to talk to you about that. Um, and in other ways, you know, whether it's as a donor or a community sponsor or a corporate partner in the community that, you know, if, um, if folks want to support us that way, that would be awesome. Um, we also have that information listed on the website and, and what comes along with that, you know, because we want to make sure that, of course, that we're providing a great return on value, you know, for, for all those things, you know, for, you know, folks who want to tie their brand to the veteran community. I think that there's great value in that. It's always going to be great for business for any any business, small or big, to be able to say that they're supporting the veteran community. And, you know, we want to show that uh, that that we're, we're an organization that really is tying the veterans in the community together. So then that way, um, you know, brands in the community can then be recognized as the, the way that they 
But they should, you know, as veteran supporters, if that's what they truly are, then we'd love to be able to highlight them, highlight them that way. So, yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah, and and I, one of the things I, one of the other things I really love about what you're doing, and we've talked about this before, is I think, I think a lot of the veterans that have issues after they get out of the, the military, it's I think it's a lack of purpose and it's a lack of belonging. Hundred percent. That really affects people, and I. It sounds obvious to say that, but I don't think a lot of people realize that. And I think a lot of veterans fall in that trap of, you know, my, I just lost my identity or whatever it was. You know, I was a Marine, I was in the air force, you know, whatever it was. And, you know, something as simple as um, being around another group of veterans or being around another group of high performing people is, can make all the difference in the world, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons why we, you guys do is so valuable. And, you know, I've noticed it too, just, in my own personal stuff, you know, my personal job and all that. And it's night and day when you're in a work environment in the civilian sector. And then you go, you're around, you know, whether it's entrepreneurs or people that, you know, have pride in what they do. It's, it completely changes how you feel inside. I know it sounds crazy, but you know, I, I'm saying that to anyone out there that's listening that maybe is, is struggling with anything. It's like just a simple change in your environment. You know, if you're looking for a new job, you know, please reach out to these guys. Um, because before you do anything crazy or before you go down that road that a lot of people do of substance abuse, you know, <laughs> there's so many other alternatives to that. And, you know, connecting veterans and businesses like this, I think is, it's one of the best ways to prevent stuff like that. So I, I can't, yeah, definitely. I can't thank you enough for what you're doing. Cause it's, you're helping so many people, you're helping businesses, you're helping veterans. It's, it's really a great program. So yeah. I, thank you, man. Yeah. I really appreciate that. So I've been um, kind of, I've been rambling a lot, but <laughs> I'm, I'm really pleased with what you do if you can't tell. So I appreciate uh, it. I appreciate, definitely appreciate that, that encouragement, you guys. Um, yeah, and I agree hundred percent, you know, um, veteran or not, you know, I think that it's one of the most important things that anybody can do is be mindful of the people that they surround, that all of us surround ourselves with, you know, and um, in the veteran space, you know, the veteran community that definitely applies, you know, like we want to make sure that, we are providing value to one another, the person that is next to us, you know, if they, if they served in uniform, there's, there's challenges that are specific to the veteran community. And, and the thing that ties us all together is, and the thing that really, you know, one of the big things that makes us unique is like the thing that ties us together is not ethnicity or age or religion or orientation or any of those things. It's our, you know, us sharing similar experiences as military members and, you know, what what was involved in that, right? Whether you were a military spouse, which all which is definitely included in that, because there's some heavy sacrifices that come along with that. Or if you if you were a veteran or you're a retiree, all of those things, there's gonna be some things and it becomes very apparent when you surround yourself with a lot of veterans who have the same stories to tell. It makes you feel better to know that other people are facing those same challenges and just to hear those stories, that that's a form of indirect support. Yeah. Just to be able to hear those things. And it's it's very comforting to know that, you know, there there are other people in the community just from telling your own story, you can comfort another person because they know that you experienced a lot of the, the same things that they might be dealing with. They just they're just not comfortable talking about it. Yeah. You know, but when they hear about it from someone else, it can actually help somebody by doing that. So yeah. Uh, it's a big deal. So I'm I'm really excited about, you know 
everything that's been developing because I feel like we're going in the right direction and get a lot of encouragement from good folks like you guys. So it makes us feel even better about what we're doing. So <laughs> yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, I mentioned it when we were talking earlier, but <laughs> let's talk about, you know, I go down these food uh, rabbit holes. Um, I understand your wife's making some lumpia this weekend. That's right, man. Yeah. Super Bowl weekend is this weekend. And we, uh, we got some lumpia on the agenda. We're going to be hanging out with some friends and yeah, that, that was, that was the request that was made this morning <laughs> that we bring the lumpia. So we're, we're bringing the lumpia and we'll set aside some so, for you guys. So our, for our <laughs> listeners, the, if you do not know what lumpia is, it's like an egg roll. It's a Filipino kind of egg roll thing, but you know, they have different yeah. kinds They have, they have some sweet ones, some savory ones. Actually, I think the sweet ones are called something else, but they, you know, they have some meat filled with vegetables and it is one mm -hmm. of my ultimate favorite foods. Uh, yeah. I have a real close friend. If he's listening, his name's Roland. His, his mother makes lumpia like it's going out of style that <laughs> it, it is unbelievable. And every time she makes it for him, he, he sets a, a plate aside for me and, and, uh, and it's, it's amazing. So yeah, if your wife's making some this weekend, so I'll, I'll swing by and, uh, grab a plate. Yeah, absolutely, man. And anytime you're in, um, Brian, then uh, we'll have a tray of lupia ready to go, and you know we'll we'll, we'll eat some lupia and drink some beer for right. sure. So. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm glad you said that because we have a rule on the show: anytime a guest talks about food, you have to provide food to all of our listeners because you have to share. It's only fair. So, <laughs> yeah, right, all of our right. listeners out there, wherever you are across the world, because we have global listeners. Just email Lester. Tell him, you know, nothing owed. I want some Yes, and Lester, we're happy to send you a case of Olympia wherever. Heard you, you on the heard you on the podcast. I don't remember anything you talked about, but could you send me a, a tray of the the, the wife's Olympia? So who you got this weekend? Rams or oh, uh, Bengals? Uh, it's a tough one. We got some good stories on both sides. I, I like the story from Cincinnati. You know, um, Joe Burrow being from Ohio and being able to win it for the first time for Cincinnati. That's a really cool story. Jamar Chase is a monster. Yeah. The way yeah. he's doing it as a rookie, that's crazy. Um, so I'm pulling for Cincinnati, especially to, to win their first one. Um, LA is going to be tough for them, though. I think, you know, they got yeah, stacked. The Rams, Joe the Rams seem stacked to like be nine destined times. this year. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. I, think, I think they're the logical pick for sure, you know, but um, I'm pulling for Cincinnati. But that defensive line in LA is no joke, you know. It's going to be a lot for Cincinnati to handle. So, yeah, it's going to be a. I think it'll be a good game, if nothing else. So, yep. yeah. Well, my only wish for the game is that Mayor Garcetti holds his breath the entire game while he's not wearing a mask. So, if Mayor <laughs> Garcetti could not breathe for four hours, that would make me happy. So, well, now there <laughs> you don't have to wear a mask now when you're. You know, the White House is giving out uh, uh, crack pipes, so you can. <laughs> You, you, I don't know how you smoke crack and wear a mask. Is there, is that gonna, a trick or they're going to send out special masks? A little <laughs> cut out in the center. Special mask for the crack pipes. They're going to be uh, the hunt from the Hunter Biden collection. Oh man, this guy. Anyway, oh, sorry, we got political. <laughs> we didn't mean to. We try to avoid it, but that was unavoidable. So Lester, we ask we ask all of our guests, um, and you've kind of hit on this a little bit, but we ask all of our guests. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to anybody listening that wants to make a change in their life, whether it's go to the gym, start a business, go to school, whatever that is, you know, to get from zero to one, what would that piece of advice be? Oh man. Um, I would say, you know, like whatever it is that you 
want to do, whether it is go to school or start a business or get in better shape, you know, or all of those things. Um, you know, once you write down that list of goals, whatever the first significant action is that that needs to be taken to make that happen, just do it. You know, like don't think about it. Definitely, you know, because a lot of I think a lot of people, including myself, have the tendency to overthink things and why something can't be done or all the different excuses that we can make about not doing something. But, you know, if you just get your body into motion, you know, if your goal is to get into better shape, just go out and put on your shoes and run, you know, and, and, and see where it takes you and see, see how you feel about it. Right. And then, and then that, that can take you far. I think, you know, like the, uh, the emotions, you know, that can come from just doing something can, uh, can be very helpful. I think so. That'll be my best advice is just, don't overthink stuff and just just do it and um, see the initial results you can get from it and build off of that. Great advice. Like Simple but effective. I like it. Okay. Well, that's great, man. So, Lester, it's it's been a real pleasure. Uh, like yeah, thank said, you, likewise, man. Yeah, I, we, uh, you know, Ben and I wish you the best of luck. I know you're gonna, you're already successful, but I know you're going to be even more successful with what you guys are doing. So. We wish you all the best um, in everything that you do. And, you know, really if there's anything, anything we can do for you, you know, our door is always open for you because we, we love the mission. Um, so that being said, it was a great conversation. We really appreciate you having here. Excuse me. Appreciate you being here. Sorry. And uh, I hope everyone goes and checks out your website. Um, we'll put all that info yeah. on the on the posts and stuff. Uh, cool. On, cool. Yeah. yeah, we'll have everything linked up in the website like we always do. So please, you know, check out nothingo.com. We'll have links to uh, Lester's website and we'll uh, put some links up there for some of the other resources that we talked about, but uh, it's been a great conversation. So thank you for being here and I will sign off for uh, Lester, for Ben, this is Brian signing off for the uh, Nothing Note podcast. We will uh, talk to you guys soon. Bye everybody.